Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm so great. So happy to be here, sitting here with you, with one baby, one little cooey baby, and quiet you can hear this baby cooing yes in your lap you're gonna be talking about wine as you hold a baby for the fourth episode in a row folks we've taken a few weeks off to get our life in order our life is a bit a bit out of control we're hanging on for dear life we're hanging on for dear life we're surviving <laughs> surviving by uh you know relying on each other and then having a nice glass of wine at the end of the day and we're here to tell you all about it because it's episode 66 of the long finish. Thank you to everyone for joining us. I know there's some new listeners here, so thank you for following along. And if you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, The Long Finish, at where Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, would mean a lot to us. Happy to bring more stories about wine out to you. Talk about what's going on in our world. It's time we have a cool wine. Catherine. It's a wine that we're both learning about, but it's at Esther's, and it's a varietal that you hear about a lot, but may feel a little bit mysterious, especially for me. I'm anxious to hear more about this varietal and this wine in particular. So what are we drinking tonight? This is the King's Carry. That's the name of the producer. It's the 2019 Semion from Los Olivos District, California. It is Semion. That's the grape variety. I'm surprised you said you hear about it. I mean, maybe because it's, you know... In some classic wines, but we don't see it that much. We certainly hardly ever see it as just straight semion, except if you're talking about Australia, a little bit in the U.S., but not that common. So it's really fun. Doesn't semion live in like the Bordeaux world? Correct. For yes. See? Yes. See, you know what know. you're That's doing. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I said I've heard of things, but I don't often see them, and they're mysterious I mean, to me. This is semion. This is the third most important white wine in France. We've talked at nauseum about Chardonnay. We talked about Sauvignon Blanc on the last episode, arguably the other top white wine of France. And this is the solid number three. It's in white Bordeaux blends, often blended with Sauvignon Blanc and Muscadel. And it's the top varietal in those famous, famous dessert wines from Sauternes. Chateau Yaquem, anyone? One of the most expensive famed wines in the world. Semyon. I pointed out to Catherine that we had tasted three wines from France in a row in the podcast, so we had to shake it up. And she still wanted to have one toe dipped uh, in France with the Semyon varietal, but we're doing this from California. Got some domestic wines coming up on the list. So really excited to hear about this wine. A couple things to bring up in our world. Mainly, we are in the midst of just a bonkers week here at home. Why is that the case? Well, it's post-July 4th, and the summer schools for our preschool, where we put our kids uh, to go to school, enjoy their lives, enrich their lives, and also give mom and dad just a little bit of respite, Let's a bit of a break. Honest. Let's be honest. We need the camp. No camp this week. Also, no help from our domestic engineer, Brando, so we're doing it alone. We got 10 days, people. 10 days and we're on we just finished day four we have completed day four hardest day of the week because the previous three days had events happening around them whether it was july 4th or we would meet up with a friend for a birthday party today was just us running the show and it was it was super hard 
<laughs> we were powering, powering through. I think about this a lot. Like I think we talked about this with Andrew Major last year, but my parents didn't really drink wine or anything when they were raising my two sisters and I. And I have no clue. No clue how they did that. Well, maybe they did after you went to bed. I mean, that's very possible. You know what I mean? But I feel like all the tension was when we were throwing things at the dinner table and they <laughs> just would, didn't reach for any sort of alcoholic beverage uh, to calm them down. I mean, really impressive. Especially now, you knowing them like you do, like they're not afraid to have a cocktail th- at any time. So Certainly not. Never saw that. I mean. Never saw that growing up. It's, yeah. Well, you know, people can evolve change enjoy their life so we're in the middle of chaos we're trying to work out some sleeping habits what's going on with the baby sleeping habits for you because i know that you're tied to our third son yeah i would say that i'm on number three and then it's a dance around who's doing one and two there's no dance there's no dance i do it (laughs) (laughs) there's no dance i was saying this today to someone else that like you know you're a very deep sleeper maybe not while you have a newborn, but I'm not a deep sleeper. I'm a light sleeper. And I know that these kids and the, the, the way this new place that we're living in is configured, we're still moving into this house. How long did it take you all to move into your places? It takes a year, right? Maybe It's got to take a year. Well, also when you have a baby, forget about it. I mean, I'm trying to build like this Ikea shoe cabinet in the garage. <laughs> it's taking like weeks because they can only do, you know, 10 minutes at a time. Finally, we had to call handyman to finish building the thing because it was ridiculous. So my point is the five-year-old and the two-and-a-half-year-old, they don't know how to open and shut doors in the middle of the night. They don't know to be super quiet. They come into our room from their room and they just push the door open with all of their might as loud as they can and slam, slam. The door. it's like 2 30 in the morning yeah so now i can hear them sort of pitter patter when they get up and i am like i'm playing football i'm like on defense being like i rush to our door to make sure that they don't come in both of them come in probably once a night on average so and remember the baby is still in there too so yeah. we're trying to like get them to not wake up the baby we're working on our deep sleep I, a friend of mine who has uh, three kids who is a little bit the kids are a little bit older sent out an instagram story basically showing his sleep cycle and then he got a hundred percent sleep and like nine and a half hours sleep and i i wanted to how old are I, the I kids? I to murder <laughs> How old are I the mean, kids? they're older than our kids. I okay. mean, I would say like okay. maybe between 8 and 13 or something like that. But Okay, goals. We're going to yeah. get there. Super big for goals. For sure. Yeah. So we got a lot going on. Hopefully we'll have some more things to talk about with Esther's as we move into, I don't know, I don't. we're, we're talking about doing some permanent expansion that we'll get into in the weeks to come when they're they're finally happening hopefully like uh, all the patio stuff that we built will become permanent for the next year or two thanks to the city of santa monica so doing that trying to keep bolstering up our our labor hire more people hiring uh, more people we're up and running and it's exciting to see people come and enjoy themselves at esther's so there's that and one thing you can do you can enjoy this bottle of wine that we're having tonight at Esther's. So come on into Esther's here in Santa Monica or give us a call and find out where you can get it wherever you live. But Catherine, let's talk about Simeon. Let's talk about California Simeon. Let's talk about it all. What do we got? Simeon, yeah. So like we were talking about, it's one of the great white grapes of Bordeaux. Cass wasn't sure about that, but I'm telling you it is. It's often blended with Sauvignon Blanc and Muscadel. It's in the dry white Bordeaux. It's also in the main grape variety in Sauternes. 
the very, very famous sweet wine. But Semyon is also planted in Australia, South Australia, specifically the United States, in Washington State, in California. You can find it in Argentina, in Chile, in South Africa, and often in, especially in Australia, and sometimes in in these other regions as well, it is a single varietal wine. And this is a single varietal wine. And there's kind of two sides to Semyon. It's either from a warmer climate and it's more like Chardonnay and you can age it in oak and it can have that buttery, fuller body texture and a lot of richness. Or in more like a French Semyon or a cooler climate is more like Sauvignon Blanc more citrusy, more zesty, lower alcohol. Um, but Semillon often has citrus. It often can have like some tropical notes, specifically like a green papaya. And then people always talk about a waxy lanolin thing with Semillon and honey. So we'll get into some of that, but I think this wine does have those characteristics. And this is from Los Olivos District. So that's close to us here. It's such a fun place to go wine tasting in Santa Barbara County. And this winemaker, James Sparks, really cool guy. He calls himself a former Mormon, which I'm sure is the truth. He said he didn't, he, you got to trust him. He didn't start drinking until he was 28. His brother-in-law is one of the owners of Dragonette Cellars, a great winery in the area as well, and brought him out, introduced him to the wine life. He learned on the job, and then he got asked to be the head winemaker at Liquid Farm, where he still is. And that's primarily Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, fantastic versions of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And so when he branched out on his own to start his own label, he wanted to do something else. So he really focuses a lot on Grenache, but he does other varietals as well. His thing is single varietal and single vineyard. So this is 100% Semillon from Gifts Vineyard, which is in Los Olivos district. And it's on the skins for 12 hours. So it is in the skin contact section at Esther's, although the color, you might not guess it was skin contact because it's just a really pretty pale gold, but you can get it kind of in the mouthfeel, in the texture. And it's aged in neutral barrel, partial malolactic fermentation on the lees for six months. So all this effort to give it more texture. But it must be picked either on time or early because it doesn't have that super tropicalness and it's really low in alcohol. Let me see. 11%. I mean, that's great for a Simeon. It definitely has all that citrus you think of with Sauvignon Blanc. It has the green papaya. It's got that lanolin waxy and it has tons of floral notes. Pretty white flowers, but also that herbaceous kind of herbiness as well. How does the lanolin waxy indicator resonate for you? What gives you that, that indicator for you? What do you mean what gives it to me? Like I understand what citrus Having had thousands of wines now, I understand what citrus is being evoked in the wine, but I don't really understand what the lanolin waxiness is. To me, if I if I said maybe if I said I don't get perceive it as like candle wax. Think about it more like soap. Is there a little like waxy soapiness you get? That that yeah, get makes that. more sense it, to me. It does. The cool things that I know that you mentioned about this wine that are kind of things that are sought out in so many wines, which is like you said, single vineyard, single varietal. And really low alcohol. If you're talking about a Pinot, 
that was single vineyard, single varietal, that would be a very coveted Pinot on the list. So, I mean, this is pretty cool that you can find this this wine for what I think is also pretty affordably priced for a single vineyard wine. Absolutely. And I know that this gentleman, that's his main thing, is the single vineyard, single variety, but he doesn't do a lot of manipulation to the wine in order to express what that vineyard is and what that varietal is. This vineyard, Gifts Vineyard, is also farmed organically. So he's doing that. I mean, that's his mission to really express what the wine is, what the grape varietal is. The motto on the website is single vineyard, single varietal, same headache. But it's like not same headache that you get from drinking wine. The the headache is like what a pain it is to actually make the wine, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is really funny. It is difficult to make wine. And this he's letting you know. So can we talk about Simeon for a second as a varietal? And you mentioned that this is the third most popular white wine in France behind Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay, you know, switch on that order. But to me, Simeon feels like it's way further down the list than those two. Those two are super popular, especially in America. So what, why, what keeps Simeon from being a more prominent white wine to drink, at least in the United States? Well, I'm calling it one of the most third most important wines. Important, important, sorry. Important wines um, because of the region that it is grown in and yep. the caliber of the wines that are produced. I think one of the main things is that it's in France, it's always blended. People don't recognize that varietal right away. They might not know it at all. And it's what gives texture and weight and a different kind of complexity to a white Bordeaux blend, to the Sauvignon Blanc. So uh, it doesn't ring a bell the same way those other varietals do, mainly because of that. Chenin Blanc, to me... Seems like it's way more popular, way more known. That would be my pick for the third most important wine in France. Might be my most important wine in France. But as far as like the history and the caliber of wines, classically, it's probably Simeon. Do you recall having tasted a Simeon by itself before? Probably from France, but have you ever tasted one from from the U.S. that you can remember? I know Saxon Brown makes one that's really good that we used to have on the list at Rustic Canyon. I know there are some others in California, but I can't recall the producers right now, but certainly there are others. I can definitely think of a few that I've had from Australia that more easily comes to mind. I don't think I've ever had one from South America, and I don't think I've had one from South Africa either. So I'd like to try that. What do you think of food pairings for this wine? What are you thinking of? Well, when I was talking about that green papaya, I was certainly thinking of that green papaya salad at Cassia, that the restaurant that's next to Esther's Southeast Asian Bistro, with that spicy salad with that like little bit of tropicality. And but I think it would be great with anything with spice. You know, it has enough of that texture but not too much it has medium acidity it could still be really refreshing but it goes great with spice i think indian food would be really good this is also great with kind of lighter proteins just a roast chicken or a pork chop it could go with fish go with black cod with that miso sauce or i think it's a pretty versatile wine which is what is very cool about it talk about versatility what about versatility of the drinker like because this is not an everyday wine varietal for people to drink, do you think this would appeal to 
people that love Chardonnay, people that love Saw Blanc or Chenin Blanc. Who, who's, who, who do you think would be into this wine? My first guess is Sauvignon Blanc lovers for this particular wine because it's it feels lighter. It feels more on that citrusy, lighter side, not on the heavier, buttery Chardonnay side. So I think a Sauvignon Blanc lo- lover might like this. People who like Gruner Veltliner, people who like a dry Riesling, something like refreshing, but want to try something new. And I think it's a great intro into skin contact wines because it's just like a touch, you know, it's just got a touch of that enough to give it a little bit more texture. But you wouldn't, you might not know it if I didn't tell you. So it's baby steps. How many hours in the skins? 12. 12 hours, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty light. I don't think you would notice at first blush. If you were looking at this wine, that it was skin contact. So you can get this wine at Esters. I'm sure there's plenty of other places to get it, uh, hopefully in California. But how do we advise our listeners to go out and find a Simeon, if not this wine, a Simeon at their local wine store? And maybe you can mention some white wine blends that might have. Well, definitely look for white Bordeaux. And you can get white Bordeaux for a very reasonable price. You can also get really great white Bordeaux for a really not great price, a really expensive price, but you can get very affordable, good white Bordeaux. You can get a very, very expensive dessert wine from Sauterne. It's hard to find an inexpensive one. You can get a slightly less, slightly less expensive one from Barzac, maybe, which is the region right next to Sauterne. And that will be a dessert wine from primarily Semillon. If you haven't had that before, do try it and be prepared. I mean, it is going to be sweet, but it could be good with something salty, a little salted caramel ice cream or a little pecan pie. That could be delicious. And then if you're looking for Semillon from somewhere else, just ask. You know, not everywhere is going to have that. But if you see it, jump on it. Because it's a less popular variety, you might get a lot of bang for your buck and you can try something new. I think this one's pretty delicious. I agree. I think it's really delicious. And I think it's got a cool label. It's got a cool winemaker behind it. And it's a different variety. And like you said, low alcohol, which we always love. Lots of things about this wine. So this is delicious. Go and grab a bottle today and let us know. Hit us up on Instagram at The Long Finish and let us know what you think about Simeon or Bordeaux blends. All right, now we come to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go ahead and go first. Staying in the podcast world, I mentioned some new listeners, and we are so grateful for that. Uh, I was a part of a podcast, a very popular podcast, called Office Ladies. Last week, it's hosted by, if you're fans of The Office, you probably know these actors, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. They host a rewatch of every episode of The Office, and I was lucky enough to be a part of The Office a few years ago, playing uh, Jim's brother, Pete Halpert. Really fun experience. People who watch and love The Office are rabid fans of The Office. They love the show. I love being part of that world. And Jenna was nice enough to ask me to relay some memories of my first time being on The Office set. And it was just a fun stroll down memory lane. And as a person who produces this podcast with Catherine, I'm so impressed with how Jenna runs her show over there with her and Angela. She runs a tight ship, really impressed with everything she's doing and the detail with which they put their show together. So hugely inspired by what Jenna Fisher is doing over at Office Ladies. Plus, it was a lot of fun just to kind of reconnect with her and 
take a stroll down memory lane as we talked about one of the fun episodes where my character basically makes fun of her character and I'm sure if you're a new listener who found us by way of Office Ladies that you've enjoyed that episode but go check out it's called Employee Transfer is the episode and it's Office Ladies a fantastic podcast and hugely inspired by what uh, Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher are putting together so that's me this week Catherine what do you have? Well for me it's another book surprise surprise book club this was recommended to me by three different people and they were right this is disappearing earth by julia phillips came out last year was national book award finalist and one of the new york times 10 best books of the year it is fantastic takes place in this peninsula Kamchatka right across kind of across from Alaska but this is like on the Russian side and it is a fascinating story about two girls that go missing and then all these people connected to that and I won't tell you what happens because I never do but the writing is superb the characters are great I'm so enjoying this book it's awesome And thank you to the three people who recommended this to me. My Aunt Amy, who many of you know because I talk about her a bunch. My mom and my friend Kate Gammon, who our sons are in preschool together, said you have to read this book. She's an awesome writer for the New York Times about science, and she loved all the environmental princes and stuff in this book. And she was just like, it's such a great read. So thank you to all of you. All right, that's it. That's it for episode 66 of The Long Finish. Episode 66 is in the books. Thanks again to everyone for listening to the show. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, wherever you get your podcasts, it would mean a lot to us. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Mile Coker on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. We hope to be back a couple more times in July with some new episodes. Our life doesn't uh, drown us out, but we have a few fun things in store, some more great wine. So stay tuned for that. Until then, have a great week and happy drinking. Ciao.